Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to a special edition of the Football Writers Podcast featuring me, Mike Calvin, Adrian Clark, the tactical analyst, and Anne-Marie Batson, the journalist and broadcaster. Online abuse. It's vile, persistent and getting worse. Something needs to be done urgently and collectively. That's why I welcome the launch of Draw the Line, a campaign organised by BT and BT Sport in conjunction with anti-abuse charity Fix the Glitch. It will run until the Champions League final on May the 29th and focuses on three key demands. The imposition of preventative measures against abusers, rigorous enforcement and complete transparency. It's all about ratcheting up the pressure on social media companies. So, Anne-Marie, I know we've heard this before, but enough really is enough, isn't it? Yes. And it's about time that social media starts paying attention to this, particularly the companies. This is about making the companies take accountability and responsibility to take proper action to shut down posts for me. And let's be clear, this is not going to eradicate racism entirely. This is one step forward tackling this abhorrent issue as far as I'm concerned. And for me, it's very much about social media platforms paying attention because they thrive on traffic. And for me, if someone behaves poorly, terribly, sends disgusting messages, there's no real consequences about that. And I think it's time that social media starts taking that seriously. Because these type of concerted campaigns aid of the type which are likely to get some form of response and reward, aren't they? Yeah, they're likely to to get the attention of social media companies who will notice the difference, I imagine, in terms of, you know, some of the some of the revenue coming in. What what really impresses me about this particular boycott, and I echo everything that Anne Marie was saying there, it's all about accountability and action from these companies 
But what this has done, this boycott, it, it, it's it's far reaching. It's all of, it's the teams, it's the players, it's the coaches, it's the it's the media companies that that broadcast the sport. They're all joining forces at the same time. Everyone feels so so strongly, and and we just social media is a wonderful thing, you know, in a lot of ways. You know, we cannot let the one percent that choose to to facelessly abuse people hijack it and ruin it for everybody else. It is time to draw the line. I think it's a wonderful name for for this campaign and to and to let the social media companies know that that enough is enough and, and they have to start taking stricter action. Mm. Yeah, part of that draw the line campaign, Anne-Marie, is it focuses on the importance of of calling out abuse when we as individuals experience it. In other words, there's a zero tolerance policy of that. 100% agree with that, Mike. Mm. Yeah. That, that, that That's the only thing we can do, isn't it? Is it the only thing we can do? I think it's one thing that we can do, but I think there's there's more that we can do as well. I think it's actually encouraging other people to come on board with the boycott. This is a good step. This is the first step. What is heartening for me is to see another sport get involved. We've seen the, the Lawn Tennis Association, the LTA, will also be part of this boycott as well. And I think it will start to spread more and more within the sporting community. Yeah, cricket, cr- cricket is doing so, isn't it, through brilliant. the ECB? Yeah. Brilliant. And I think that's brilliant because it's all the family coming under together to tackle this abhorrent issue. But it's it's only one step forward. For me, the next big step is to look at sponsors and brands because... Aid is absolutely right. It's the revenue streams that are going to be impacted by this. And that will send a proper, proper message. And you think about how big this weekend is in terms of sport. Manchester City could be crowned as champions of the Premier League. And yet they are happy to be on board with this boycott. And I think that is huge in terms of what message that sends. But as I said, I'm somebody who believes this is the right thing forward, but there needs to still more to be done. When you think about it, Aid, what I can't really get my head around is is how, you know, a modern, supposedly forward-thinking and certainly public-facing company like, say, Facebook, mm. are almost so dismissive of, of growing concern. Sammy Mockbell in the Daily Mail this morning is reporting that the government is set to launch a legal case against social media firms over their protection of abusers. The catalyst is Twitter and Instagram apparently refusing requests for information from Bournemouth and Dorset Police for accounts linked to alleged abuse of junior Stanislas and Arno Danjuma. Now that's morally questionable, but it's also just not good business, is it? Yeah, it's unacceptable behaviour, no doubt about that. And and I feel that... And I, yeah, I feel that you have to put sanctions on them. It's as simple as that in terms of whether the sponsors start pulling out. That would be a really, really big, big step in terms of damaging their revenue streams until they take action. Or, yeah, if the government can, can step in and, and, and threaten more sanctions themselves, because it's the only way that they'll listen. At the moment, it's, it's hassle. It's going to cost them a lot of money. 
it's going to you know a lot of resources will have to go into making these changes but they're all doable you know we have to give personal details for no end of things in the modern world don't we in terms of passport details or id numbers we have to hand over personal information before we travel now that is doable in my opinion in terms of using social media it should be maybe you have to earn the right to be on social media maybe that's the way that we look at it moving forward and anybody that abuses the privilege gets removed obviously only a certain section of of the abuse is criminal and when there when it when there is criminal then then these companies really do have to have to work with the police and if they don't they pay heavy fines for it it's as simple as that mm. Amory, you've got a, a background working in public relations you've seen the light and come over to our side <laughs> i have to say which is a good thing um uh, if you were advising those companies because obviously you know they are they're they're reputationally they are being damaged over this weekend you know over three days they will be pariahs if you're advising those companies what do you say take accountability and i used to say that quite a lot actually when i worked in in public relations there'd be occasions where it'd be the onus would be on me to go out and explain things when reputations had taken a hit and i'd be the one going actually that's your job to go out and explain why things have gone wrong why you didn't take action why you've delayed certain things and it's for you to take that responsibility and accountability and explain yourselves to the public as to why certain things take so long. That's a great example that you gave about the, the Sammy Mockby piece. I couldn't believe it when I read that. When the police forces actually got in contact with the social media companies, as the PR person, I would be telling my superiors, please get on the phone and respond to the police and give them the information that they need because we want to be shown as being helpful and wanting to tackle the issue just as much as everybody else. And I think that's the thing that bugs me the most, that when incidents take place, you get these mealy mouth statements from the social media companies going, well, you know, people can do this, you can mute, you can block and all these kinds of things. What I want to see is more empathy and accountability and understanding how painful this is and how horrific this is for some sections of society and find it very hard to deal with that you understand that people should not be facing this sometimes on a hourly, daily, weekly, monthly basis. And this is what we are doing to tackle the issue. And we want to sort this issue as quickly as possible so you can enjoy our platforms as you rightly should be. And that would be me in the boardroom saying exactly that. Wouldn't a great PR move be to launch your own campaign? If you're a social media company, in terms of of drawing the line and encouraging people to 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 eradicate this moving forward. You know But but wouldn't I wouldn't I they that would mean they would have to make the sort of concrete action that they've shied away from consistently. Yeah, they're not going to do it, but but it, it would be the right thing to do, wouldn't it? To... It would be the right thing to do. And that would be my second thing that I would suggest. And it's actually a, an acknowledgement of the issue, a proper acknowledgement of the issue, rather than those short statements that we've seen. Because to me, it feels very dismissive that the onus is on the user. We sign up to these platforms so we can use them to talk about our lives, to share our work, share good, you know, good times, the bad times and, and get support. 
the buy-off should not be, well, if you're going to use our platforms and you get abuse, we're not going to really going to help you at all. That it, it feels like there's a bit of a buy-off and I think there's that's the wrong message to send. And I think a campaign with all the companies coming together, I think would be a really, really good idea, but they, they won't do that. And that's really frustrating. Yeah, I think one of the most important aspects of the Draw the Line campaign is the commitment to calling out abuse and reacting against it when we do experience it. And I suppose, you know, given the sort of roles that we all three of us have, we've all had personal experience of online abuse. You know, I'm quite happy to talk about mine, which is, you know, I've had some pretty terrible threats issued by one particular fan base, personal details published online that required police intervention. They wished all manner of terrible things on my on my children. You do block, you do mute. But as you said earlier on, Anne-Marie, it's, it's, it's just a debilitating process because it's a continual process. And when you find yourself as a subject of an online pylon, it's not nice. You can turn your computer off, you can not look at your phone, but you know it's there and you know it's it's waiting to ambush you when you do have to turn on your computer or turn on your phone. And you know we're relatively minor players in all this. If you're a footballer or you're a public figure, you know, as, again, as you said, Amory, it's constant. It's 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 a stone. It's it's the water that which drips on the stone, and eventually wears the stone away. And you know we live in an age where mental health is being talked about openly. Thank goodness. That's got to be related. Let's maybe look at our own experiences here. I'll start if I may with you, Anne Marie. You know, you're a young, high-profile black female journalist. What's your experience of, of online abuse? When I made the switch, when I saw the light, Mike, and came over to journalism <laughs> from uh, public relations, there was one person who said to me, a black person who said to me, who works in the industry, just be wary of who you are and your skin colour and your gender, because at some point someone will say something about those things. And at the time... I didn't really pay much attention to it. Now I'm fully aware of it, that as a journalist, if I put something out on social media that someone takes exception to, they will either attack me because of my gender or they'll attack me because of my colour. And it's both. I've had both. And I can't even say to you which one is worse out of the two because they're both abhorrent. And I'll go back and say, you know, I'm just doing my job here and, and what's your issue, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll just come back with more stuff at me. And yes, I can mute it. Yes, I can block it. But I get I get really angry about it because I'm thinking, why is the onus on me having to take the action here? Someone has abused me and I'm the one having to take the steps forward to stop them attacking me. The first step should be the social media company. I've had messages about, you know, particularly my hair. Somebody will mock me for my hair because I've got big curls in my hair. Afro hair, you have big curls and they'll mock me for that. And they'll, you know, they'll call me the, my favourite one is I get keep, keep being told that I'm token. I'm a token. 
I'm a token. I've had it from for this podcast, Mike. A couple of messages of people, yeah, calling me your token guest now on you know as I'm trying to, you know, I'm ticking a box. That's the other one as well. And then I get obviously the emojis and things like that. Uh, it's uh, it's distressing at times, but then I think about I'm doing what I love, and no one, no one on this planet is ever going to take that away from me. I've worked too hard to get to where I am and I'm still working hard and no one, no matter what you throw at me, and I've had some stuff thrown at me. I've even had stuff in the post, Mike. Mm. Um, No one's going to take that away from me at all, however hurtful it is. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know this this sounds... This sounds. This will sound funny in a way, but it was it was awful at the time. You, you you talking about getting stuff through the post. I went through a spell where a particular local Chinese restaurant kept sending me online orders, and I hadn't ordered them. And the, this fan base were were doing it in my name, and I felt terrible for the guy. And yeah, it's just it was irritating, but it was also. It was demeaning. It was awful. Um, now, uh, Aid, uh, as that a former very player, close. can I just say it feels it's, it's a little bit frightening. I, I think the experience that you guys have had there that you know that is unnerving, and um, yeah. It's, well, it's you know where we you know we know where you live. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean, and that yeah that 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 would um, yeah that would that would really unnerve me. Um, if it happened to me, yeah. thankfully, you're, you're, you're a, you know, you're a former player, aid, and, and and you know footballers tend not to be shrinking violets, and and I suppose criticism is is part of your daily job in that, and you know you get people yelling stuff at you. Now you are obviously identified strongly with Arsenal in this tribal world in which we live. Mm. Does that create an issue? What type of abuse do you get as a former player who's now got a high profile? public role yeah um not as bad as you guys i i have to i have to confess in 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 my general work not too not too much at all it's mainly when when i'm doing the live shows for for arsenal or, or if arsenal you know copy me into a into a piece of content that i've produced for them that's that's when you get a lot of swearing a lot of yeah sometimes personal abuse you know about the way you look about yeah, maybe nose or my jaw or or whatever whatever it would be. It's a very you know. strong jaw, I tell yeah, you that. Yeah, yeah, my strong jaw. You know, Family Guy. I think that was, yeah, I've got a few few pictures of that guy uh, been sent to me before. But um, but n- nothing as unnerving as as yourself or or Anne Marie's. And yeah, I'm just. I mean, I'm sure you're the same. But I, I just I just don't think it's worth putting anything personal. On social media, I just use it as a work platform where I want to talk about mm. sport and promote some of the work that I do, and, and also learn. I find it really enriching, you know, stuff that I get to read or watch or listen to that I would never have found if I wasn't on on social media. So, so I use it f- for that purpose, really. But yeah, no, look, Arsenal have got seventeen point three million followers. Many of them are, are not fans; they're just on there to throw abuse back at Arsenal or in some cases back at me personally but yeah nothing nothing where where someone basically has said I know where you live and if that happened well I don't know how I'd deal with it I'd certainly report it and I think I think that's that's the other thing that I like about this campaign it's the encouragement to obviously log and report 
any abuse, but also for people who see it happening to others, like Anne-Marie's followers, if they see that happening to you, you know, are people jumping on and, and offering support, Anne-Marie? I know that we've seen that with Michelle Owen at Sky Sports, who recently, uh, you know, had a lot of lot of vicious abuse. I know she, she took great heart from people supporting her online. I think we can all do a little bit more of that. Me, myself, if I see it, I'm going to try and make a conscious effort to support that person moving forwards. Yeah, because I, I, I enjoy the majority of interactions. And to be honest, you know, as you said, I, it, it does help to, to draw attention to our work. Uh, but I'd be lying if I said there weren't times when I struggled to see the point of it. Have, have either of you ever considered coming off it? What about you, Amory? It's a great question. The answer is no, because again, I go back to the thing about what I said earlier. No one is going to take what I do away from me. And I feel exactly thinking the way that Adrian's brought about how I've, I've learned so much as well from social media. I've made new friends on social media as well. And I like the fact that I can talk about my work and, and share my work and offer advice and guidance and answer questions and all those kinds of things. And I just feel for me, it's like, why should I? Why should I be the one <laughs> having to, you know, come off it because of some idiot? That's the thing that gets me so wound up about this whole situation because I, I love social media. It's my right to be on social media. Why on earth should I be the one to come off it because of some idiot because he wants to take the mickey out the size of my lips or my skin colour or something like that? So, and particularly with, you know, Twitter, I think for sport, Twitter's been great, particularly with breaking news and clips and highlights and you can get the results and, and things like that and, and read stories from journalists. So, no, I, I won't come off it. I won't come off it. I won't let someone push me off it because they're being an idiot. No. Mm. I, if I, was Same a, you, I, I won't at the moment because I think it is an important part of the, you know, my career really in terms of, of yeah, let, yeah I, I use it as a resource, but also, you know, I think a lot of the clients that I work for, you know, want me to be on it to, to, to promote the stuff that I'm doing, you know. Um, what, if I was a footballer, in this day and age, would I be on it? I don't think I would, which is a real shame because right now footballers are further away from fans, less identifiable to fans than they've probably ever been before. Yet social media has the power to sort of bridge that gap, doesn't it? And and, and to make them closer. But if the 1%, 2%, however many it is, just throw abuse at them, then that, that link's lost, isn't it? And and so hundreds of thousands, millions of fans will miss out. Because if I was a player, I wouldn't part with it. I'd, I'd maybe go on Twitter, but, but you know, secretly, you know, in terms of I'd just use it, use it to... To, to look at what's what what's on there, you know, what, what I can watch and read and, and listen to, but it's sometimes just not worth the aggravation. And and it can also you mentioned mental health. When you've had a bad game, when you've had a, you've missed an open goal, or you've scored an own goal, and it's bad enough. You know the you know that you've mucked up. You know that it's impacted you know hundreds of thousands of supporters. And then if you go on social media and you just get it in the neck to a whole new level, why would you? I, I just wouldn't go on it. Yeah, I'm surprised there are as many sports people on it uh, as there are, actually. Mm. Do you think, Amory, there's a danger that abuse could be 
become normalised because it's it's so predictable. It's after every game now, isn't it? And what additional protection do those in the public eye deserve, do you think? We're there already in terms of the abuse being normalised. What's happened is it's just moved off the terraces to a keyboard for me. And my dad would tell me, because my dad's not on, on social media, he's probably really sensible about it, and he would say you'd hear the abuse in the terraces, but then you could see people's faces, you could hear the hate in their voice. Now, because it's online, you can't see that person. They're not in your face. You can't retaliate back in in that way, if you know what I mean. So it, for me, I think it, it has, it's been normalised for years. It really, really has. And yes, it is predictable after every single game. And we're seeing not just in the men's game, but in the women's game as well. Regardless of who you are, for me, in terms of additional protection, yes, there should be protection for athletes, whether you play football or tennis or you're in the public stage. But I think for members of the public as well, there should be additional protection. How much money you earn should not be a leveller about getting abuse. And I think for me, that additional protection has to come from the social media companies. And the one way to do that is when the police get in touch, they respond quickly and provide that information quickly. So an investigation, because if it's gone to police level, that's pretty, pretty serious for me. And I'd also like to see more money given to police forces to tackle this issue. I'd like to see actually maybe in the future, a specific department, like a cyber police department, if you like, that looks after this particular issue. I think that's one of the things the government can look at for the future. Definitely, because social media, I don't think is going anywhere. I don't think it's going anywhere. And if social media can issue you a notice, if you break a copyright rule, why can't they do the same when it comes to racist or gender abuse? Because when you think about it, as you said, really, footballers in particular, because of their celebrity, it's highlighted. They are being abused on a continual basis. This BT campaign, as I said, right at the start of the programme, is going until the Champions League final. I suppose it's next steps after that that we should maybe look at in conclusion. Do you think football, if this does if this does continue, should football just stage a complete and total boycott and encourage sponsors, fans, media to do likewise? Well, if nothing is done on the back of this particular boycott, then there has to be something else doesn't there further down the line there has to be another boycott however long that may that may last for we'll have to wait and see the, the problem is of course that that we all want it to work you know clubs need it you know they want to engage with their supporters via that platform when it works well it, it works brilliantly for everybody so that's, there's a great incentive to, to get this right but yeah sometimes you just have to make a stance and and I'm so glad that it's so far reaching for this weekend and it, and it, and if there's not enough action on the back of it we'll do another one and 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 you know and go again ultimately we want exactly what Anne Marie said autom- maybe automatic some kind of software that automatically mutes racist you know deletes racist terms i certainly think people should be asked to give over their personal details. I know that a lot of people are up in arms about that in general life, but tough, you know, if you want to be on it 
and and you want to and you back yourself to behave yourself you've got nothing nothing to worry about yeah and 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 obviously to take a really hardline stance and, and 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 to also we need to find a way that social media companies can track these people because they they get one account shut down and then they just open up another one under a different sort of guise and and there has to be a way to to stop that i'm sure that they can do it if they were prepared to put the time money and resources into it and and, and we as a collective we as the users have got to force them into it you know they, they, they're worth you know billions of pounds they can do it we have to we have to we have to force them you're feeling as militant, Amory? 100%. <laughs> I am, I am. I, I get really passionate about this because it just, it's like, it's like, as I said in the beginning, it's like, it's like a payoff, really. You can come and use our platforms, but hey, if you get abused, we're not really going to help you sort it out. It's on your shoulders. I don't like the fact that it's on our shoulders to sort this out. The owners should always be on the social media companies and having money doesn't mean that you're immune to abuse or racism and and I think Adrian's right I totally agree with him right step forward and then we do another one and I would hope the next one if you can imagine a certain company that has a swoosh for a logo if they got on board for a few days can you imagine how big that would be how seismic that would be it'd be a massive impact to call on sponsors and brands to get involved as well it'd be a bit of a shame in the sense that it, that would probably then get social media companies interest but hey the more people the better for me yeah this issue does turn an unflattering mirror on ourselves i think i was i was really struck the other day by a post from erith and belvedere under 13s they walked off the pitch in a recent match when one of their players was racially abused at 12 that just beggars belief. Now, since the cowardice and ignorance of abusers is amplified online, I make no apology for saying they should be pursued and prosecuted. And to be honest, I'm also in favour of extending the social media boycott as far as we need to go. What do you think? Please let me know. And in the meantime, thanks to Anne-Marie and Adrian for their honesty and their insight. And of course, to you for listening to the Football Writers Podcast. Let's draw the line. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 